We're just about to start the show, but before we do that, we want to stop, uh, break the momentum, and tell you to check out the NPR One app for your phone. Yeah, if you were excited to hear How to Do Everything, NPR would like you to think about any number of other shows to listen to instead. A great hand-curated podcast and stories always ready when you are on NPR One. You can find it on your app store, NPR O-N-E. Do anything you can to avoid listening to this week's show. Last week, Steve Hutton and some of his fellow police officers in the UK were trying to pull over a suspicious vehicle. Uh, The car finally stopped and the uh, passengers fled on foot. Steve, can you tell us what happened after that? Uh, yeah, they, they, the vehicle had uh, it been sprung by the, the spike strip, so they couldn't go any further. The, the tire had come off. They decided to ditch the vehicle. Four of them ran. I went after one of the passengers in the vehicle. About 20 seconds into the foot chase, I realized that I wasn't gaining on him, and it was, it was just going to keep going on and on. And I thought, well, I'm probably not going to catch him because he, he had quite a head start on me. So I thought, if I try and uh, pretend I was a, a dog handler or canine unit in, in America, it might work. So I, I shouted out, police officer with a dog, stand still, or the dog gets released. He hesitated for a bit, um, so I decided to then put in a few fake barks. <laughs> and uh, he, he, at that point, I think he realized that maybe there was a, a, a dog unit and decided to stop. Well, can you, what was that bark like? <laughs> <laughs> I I I completely understand why this suspect stopped. That's very convincing. Yeah, he, uh, he stopped pretty quick, um, and that gave us a few extra seconds just to, to get up close to him um, and, uh, and and put him in uh, handcuffs before he realised that actually there wasn't a dog. How how did that occur to you to do that? It was it, it, it was just a spur of the moment. Maybe I was thinking in the back of my head, it would be lovely to have a real police dog here, and yeah. then that maybe triggered me to think, well, okay, let's see if I can make my own one. So I barked, and, and, he, and he stopped. Was he disappointed when he realized there wasn't a dog? Um, I think he was, yeah, he was, he was a little bit disappointed in himself, and it was it was just utter bewilderment that this police officer barking at him had fooled him um, you know, into stopping, and he was, he, he could see he was upset. He was upset that he'd stopped. Now, if he hadn't stopped when you had tried dog, do you do you think you could have escalated to more and more ferocious animals? Like, could you have said, you know, I have a lion, and then done a <laughs> lion sound? I could have done, but I doubt he would have believed that. Um, we, I mean, we've got, yeah, we don't we don't have a lion unit. I think if I'd shouted at any other any other animal or creature, he probably would have would have carried on running, but laughing at the same time. What did your fellow officers think of of you barking like a dog and having it work to apprehend they, the suspect? They thought it was quite amusing. Thought it was quite funny. Um, they, they, I walk around the station now, and there'll be barks from the distance from an officer walking by somewhere, you know, joking at me. <laughs> I don't know who it is. Um, all in all, most people are, you know, you know, well done, really good job. <laughs> hey, congratulations! Thank you. <laughs> Hey, Evelyn, what can we help you with? Well, the other day, I was really needing to go to the restroom and doing that that dance you do when you have to go. And I wondered, 
what is actually the best thing to do, like what most helps when you really need to go to the restroom. Well, this is this is maybe difficult, but could you, uh, as best you can in audio, describe what, what your ha- having to pee dance looks like? Okay. okay. Uh, well, it's kind of like a bouncing up and down, like knees pushed together. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Like a pacing, maybe going in a circle. Hmm. And did it, was it effective? Did it work? Uh, it got me through the moment, so, yeah. I wonder if what the um, kind of evolutionary, the selective ad- advantage to the fact that we all do this is that you were in a line, and yeah. that's a way of signifying to the other people in line that maybe this person needs first, they need to go in first. And so it, it indicates to your community that, that you are the one who should get to use the bathroom. Yeah, it's like an effective guilt trip. Yeah. Did it have that effect? Did anybody say, oh, go ahead, Evelyn? Uh, n- no. Well, we're going to try and, and get to the bottom of these questions. Okay. Well, Evelyn, uh, we think we have somebody here who can help you with this. Uh, joining us now is Dr. Peter Lechman. He's a pediatrician in Chicago and our resident physician. So, Dr. Lechman, what's going on here? So there's three theories. So one theory is it's called a... Uh, rhythmic displacement behavior. So we do th- various rhythmic things when we're faced with conflict. You're nervous about something, you're anxious about something, you might find yourself tapping your nails, tapping your, uh, tapping your fingers, tapping your foot up and down. Think of a squirrel. You, you've got a nut in your hand and that squirrel really wants that nut, but the squirrel knows you're a human and they're supposed to be scared of you and they're sort of caught in this this dilemma. Do I go for the nut, but then do I expose myself to the, to the possible big bad human? And what do they do? They do this weird sort of dancing, jittering sort of thing. And we do the same thing. And the thought of is, this is just a human nature thing to create a rhythmic behavior to help you deal with the anxiety that's been created or this conflict that's been created between, I know I got to go and it'll relieve my discomfort if I do, versus I can't go now because I'm in the middle of a meeting and it's inopportune for me to get up. Huh. So really any movement, as long as it's you know, kind of a rhythmic movement, can help alleviate some of that pressure. Yes, or make you basically not sense the pressure. Okay, so what's, what's the next theory? So the next theory is the distraction effect. And the distraction effect is, think about this, you bang your finger with a nail when you're trying to hammer, with a hammer when you're trying to hammer in a nail, and you say, ouch. Or something hurts, and you might actually dig your nails into your arm because your hand hurts to distract you from that pain. It's that whole fighting pain with pain idea. So something hurts, so you do something else that hurts to distract you from the first thing that hurts. And that's very common, and we all do that. Mm-hmm. So that's another theory. I kind of like that one. I think there's probably an element of that in there. Um, and then there's this idea, but no one's really been able to prove it, that actually crossing your legs really does help uh, tighten your sphincter. My theory is there's probably a little reality that your, not your anal sphincter, but your, your urinary sphincter, your bladder sphincter. So there's probably a little reality to it that crossing your legs helps kind of tighten things up. And I bet you there's a big mental component to it. We just feel like that's where it's going to come out. And if we just clench in front, maybe that'll help stop it from coming out. But, but actually, physically, it probably doesn't make any difference. Huh. The fourth theory is less theory, but it's sort of more, it's more of a philosophical question. So 
is there some connection between the legs and the urinary sphincter? And no one's been able to prove it. Observationally, it makes sense that there is a connection. Maybe no one's just been able to see it, and we need to take a more sort of zen approach to waiting for the bathroom. So thinking about all these these theories and understanding the human body the way you do, what do you think would be the ideal pee dance? Describe a body doing the ideal pee dance. So you have to you, you cross your legs. Well, let me sing you the song. Can I sing you the song? I, Go we, for it. Yeah. All right, here we go. You cross your right foot left. You cross your left foot right. You squeeze your knees together and you hold them really tight. You tiptoe to the potty so you won't wet your pants. You're doing the pee-pee dance. You make a little jump and you make a little hop. He, um, you squeeze your knees together. He's and still you know going. Stop. He's a licensed doctor, and I should say he's treated all three of my doing children. The pee pee dance, and that's what I think you should do. Wow! Squeeze, do a little hopping. There is another sort of sub theory that maybe when you jump up and down, the urine goes to the top of the bladder, and you're feeling transiently feeling less pressure on the lower part of the bladder where the sphincter is. Sounds totally bogus to me, but that's yeah. another little sub theory but i would say clench up and run okay so the interesting thing is we all know that if we stayed calm we'd actually be better off and you'd probably be able to hold your urine better but it's just some overriding human nature to move around to help you to stop peeing your pants hmm. okay so we we got the the medical side what's going on in the body i think it, it's probably worth actually looking at dance itself investigating this from the dance side Adrian Libson and Zach Enquist are dancers with Hubbard Street Dance Chicago. They're professional dancers. So do you guys do a pee dance when you have to go? It honestly happens probably every day to me in ballet class. So every morning uh, we start with a bar because we do ballet. Um, and by the end of bar, I always have to run out of class. And so if you're coming in a ballet setting, do you find that your pee dance is a little more ballet based than sort of the maybe the typical pee dance? Um, I definitely think that there's something about ballet where you're using a lot of muscles around that area, which actually helps keep the pee in. So it's almost like ballet is the pee dance. And do you, does the, is there a, a movement that you think of like that? Because ballet have different moves, right? What's the move? Is there a French name for the move you would call it that clenches your body so it doesn't pee? Um, that's a great question. I think a lot of ballet is kind of talks about opening the body and rotating outwards, but there are some moves that cross the center line. There's a, a tendu, which is a, a move that's used throughout the whole ballet vocabulary, but we do it right in the morning at bar that uh, the, the foot goes out in front of the body and crosses across, and that would kind of so, I think that would be a move that counts. So basically, what you're doing, even though it's called a tendu, which sounds uh, fancy in French, you're really just squeezing your legs together so you don't pee. I would say so, yes. <laughs> kind of, or we could call it a, maybe a, uh, you have a plie, mm -hmm. maybe we could have a, a pie. We could have a pie. We have plies in multiple positions, and the fifth position is one where we cross the legs, so this could also be a, a pie. So we, we have asked Zach and Adrian to uh, compose the perfect pee dance, the ultimate pee-stopping dance. Um, it would make just terrible audio. So we, uh, we have made a video, which you can find on our website, howtodoeverything.org. 
You know, I would actually, I would just, at this point, it would be a good idea. You should stop the podcast and go watch it because it's, it's pretty good. Hubbard Street's collaboration with The Second City, The Art of Falling, is playing through June 19th at the Harris Theater in Chicago. Tickets on sale now on their website at hubbardstreetdance.com slash summer. Well, now's the part of our show where we like to tell you about the people who make it possible. The corporations that give money so that we talk about them. Yes. Wells Fargo understands that you work hard to get the most out of life, from saving up for college to saving for retirement. There are a lot of things you want to accomplish. Working together, Wells Fargo will take the time to understand what you're trying to achieve to help you reach your financial goals. That way, you can care for the people and things that matter most. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash together. Wells Fargo. Together, we'll go far. Support for our show also comes from Oso, a new mattress company that wants you to sleep well so you can live well. Being healthy is about more than just exercising and eating well. It's about getting a good night of sleep. Each Oso mattress offers two comfort options to suit individual sleeping needs. Simply rotate the mattress for firm or soft. If you want to mix things up, uh, keep it exciting throughout the night, you can uh, put the your Oso mattress on a rotisserie and keep it constantly rotating between firm and soft all night long. Shipping is free, and with Oso's 101-night promise, you can try it risk-free. Promo code EVERYTHING will provide $50 off your purchase. Learn more at ososleep.com. Well, that does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? I learned that, uh, at least in England, a police officer pretended to be an animal, uh, and it worked to stop a suspect. I, I wondered if, uh, if Steve didn't kind of get lucky in that the guy he was chasing was, was afraid of dogs. Yeah. And I wonder if that maybe if, if um, when they're profiling suspects, if they have that ability, that you could throw out really any fear that the person has, any, any weakness that that person feels about themselves. Mm-hmm. So you could be like, uh, spider, police, with a, police officer with a spider. Yeah. Hey, stop. You're uh, standing in front of your junior high classroom nude. How to Do Everything is produced by Nadia Wilson with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Thomas. Thomas did a lot of flying between our show and uh, the western villages of Alaska. Bringing our podcast to the people there uh, in person. Performing it uh, word for word and then returning here to learn more. Nice work, Thomas. We also, we should, we really would love you to go check out this video uh, of our ultimate P dance. Um, It's on our website, again, howtodoeverything.org. And uh, a couple more people that helped us with it are Zachary Wittenberg at Hubbard Street Dance and Quinn Wharton, who did the cinematography. You can get us your questions. Send them to us at howto at npr.org. I just said the name of the website a second ago, but I'll do it again here yeah. so you don't have to rewind. Howtodoeverything.org, which actually has something to look at on it right There's now. the dance video, which we yeah. just told you about. Yeah. Really, I, I hope that you're not hearing us right now because I hope you stopped the podcast uh, hours ago to go go watch that. And just just to stress again, we're not the ones dancing in it. Oh, yeah. we do It's important to know that. We do not appear. I'm Ian. I'm Mike. Thanks. Hey, mercifully, your listening experience with How to Do Everything has come to an end. But we do have more stuff out there if you have space and time. Check out... 
NPR's Pop Culture Happy Hour. They bring you a fun and funny conversation about the best in movies, TV shows, books, music, and more. From Broadway's Hamilton, which uh, is a, a musical you may, may have heard about uh, somewhere or everywhere on NPR, to in-depth discussions with Trevor Noah and Shonda Rhimes. You're bound to hear something that makes you happy every week. That's Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. Find it now on the NPR One app and at npr.org slash podcasts. You think doing the worm would probably be good to help you stop peeing. Mm. Can I tell you, uh, I was at a wedding last week, yeah. and there was this break in the dancing, and like so people kind of moved to the you know, periphery of the dance floor. And then I looked down, and there was an actual worm in the middle of the dance floor, an earth, a giant, really, a earthworm that was just like, had somehow survived, made it to the middle of the dance floor, and was trying to get to the other side. So was it doing the worm? It always does the worm. It can't help but do the worm constantly. Do you think there are other break dancers there who are like, I can't compete with that? Yeah. Eh, you yeah. win. Yeah. <laughs> That's a true story. I, I grabbed the, and somebody had just been doing the worm. No, really? Yeah. Yeah, the groom at the wedding had just been doing the worm. And do you think he saw the worm and gave up? Well, it's weird. I was wondering, I was actually thinking about it from the worm's perspective. Yeah. That like, so the groom is doing the worm and it's pretty awesome and everybody's cheering. Sure. And then the worm is doing it perfectly. Like the worm always does the worm perfectly. Yeah. Nobody cheers. Nope. nope. Nobody cheers for the worm doing the worm. But it's your nature, worm. This guy, look at him. Yeah. You're, you're supposed to be able to do it well. Worm, you do the human. Yeah. And then we'll get applause. Let's see you do the robot worm. Mhm. Worm, I didn't I noticed you didn't clap for the Oh, no. No arms or hands. I I apologize, worm. <laughs>